What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Mr. Miggity Mac. Mm-mm-mm. And with me tonight is my co-host, Dr. Diamond Dove. Triple D! Quick reminder, you can find us on AdventuresInVideoLand.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Video Land. We are critics with attitude. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language, but that's, that's not really our style. So we'll try to keep this rated PG-13 with helicopters, kids swearing, and late-stage capitalism. Ooh. Also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause the episode, watch the movie, and come back later. With that said, tonight we'll be talking about Season 8 Pantheon nomination number 7, The Florida Project. Nominated by Marshall Wade with guest voter... Dr. Diamond Doug himself, Doug Prime. Yours truly. Before we get to any of that, my friend, <clears throat> let's chat about Pantheon. Yes. Dr. Diamond Doug, what is Pantheon? All right. Well, hey, Pantheon movies are movies that hit on all cylinders. Acting, directing, script, score, cinematography, special effects. They are essential viewing. Best of its genre. Genre. They have that je ne sais quoi. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Never gets old. There are nine members on the AV Council every three weeks. A council member nominates a movie. Everyone else votes yes or no with their reasons. In addition, there's a guest voter. And, that's me, and the Facebook poll counts as another vote. Total, 11 votes. Mm -hmm. Each movie needs a two-thirds majority to get in. Which is? Seven votes. <coughs> All so, right. So, there you go. let's talk about uh, previous Pantheon nominations for this season. Uh, we started off with, uh, actually, in reverse order, our last nomination was The Blob, which got four of 11 <laughs> Uh, prior to that was Goodfellas. Surely that one got in. Six of eleven, just a bit outside. Yes, How about Tropic Thunder? Totally in with eight of eleven. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Eight of eleven, also in. The Fantastic Mr. Fox. Nine of eleven. Wes Anderson. They love that one. And we started with Hook. Only four of eleven. Yes, yes. So of these six. I would have guessed that four or five of them would have got in for sure. Yep. Just three. We're three for three this season. The uh, council's a little uh, fickle, I little would say. Fickle. A little fickle. A little fickle. Well, fickle the council. A little fickle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we get into our discussion tonight, let's, uh, let's, how about a little foreplay, my sure, friend? a little foreplay. Oh, everybody likes a little foreplay. A little fickle foreplay. What kind of experience do we have? With indie films. Yeah, this is an indie film. Films that are uh, classified as indie film. They're outside of the, the normal Hollywood kind of m machine. Studio and they financing. tend to be lower lower budget films. Less mm -hmm. than $10 million probably. I don't know. There might be a number on it. Sometimes very low. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and I was just reading the other day. the uh, it, it, was, it came up on Facebook. It was that... The funding for Monty Python and the Holy Grail came from like uh, Kiss, the Rolling Stones, like this guy. They, they were all uh, these uh, these rockers that had thrown money in for, and it was like a three hundred eighty thousand dollar budget that they. Which did that on. I've seen this film. <clears throat> you would have guessed it was a three hundred eighty million dollar budget. <laughs> so experience with indie films. I'll be honest, with you, I, like I. 
don't watch tons of indie films. I've watched uh, a couple here and there, and I've watched some low-budget ones. Mm -hmm. the, um, but I'm not an aficionado myself. Yeah, I, I would classify myself also as a, as a relative novice for intentionally watching indie films. But I've watched films that got high ratings before that I didn't realize were indie films until I was partway through them, and you could kind of tell... You know, they don't follow that formula. They don't follow that Hollywood, like, well, we got to have, you know, these five elements. Bang, yeah. bang, 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 bang. They certainly don't have lens flare and like, yeah. car crashes yeah. normally. But the as far as the, you know, for some of these kind of, we call them indie films, like, I don't want to move into B films, which are like, like intentionally lower made, yeah. like money grab type sure. stuff. My Some of our favorite Best worst movies fall in that category. Fall in that category. But we're talking more the art side, right? The mm -hmm. artistic side. That if I'm naming a couple that come in, come to mind that we had talked about earlier, that um, it's right on the edge of indie film, but Little Miss Sunshine is a little bit higher end on the, uh, on that. But it, it was just like higher eight, on eight the, ten, ten million. Yeah, higher end on the budget because of the cast. Yeah, yeah, more so, but and, certainly not production value. And I'm thinking of like other little ones I've seen Chuck and Buck and See the Sea and stuff that were on IFC that I watched late at night when right. I was like, what am I, I don't know what I'm watching. What am I watching but, here? Yeah. Um, but yeah, not an aficionado, but I do appreciate a good one when mm -hmm. they come along. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, the same. And I, and I, would, I was actually going to say Little Miss Sunshine uh, as an example. But, um, you know, sometimes stars, uh, Jim Carrey, for example, after doing like several blockbusters, did a couple of indie films in a row uh, where he wasn't it wasn't in it for the money. It was, you know, maybe for the exper experiment or the experience of the movie or or it just was a lower budget film, maybe that he was budgeting himself. I don't remember whether he was budgeting on pay for it himself or not. But but uh, my experience with indie films generally is not always a positive one. And I think it's because I like that, that I'm doing air quotes mm -hmm. here, that formula. I like it. I mean, it's popular for a reason. It's, it speaks to me. It's escapism. And, yeah. And it makes me, it makes me feel a certain way. It takes me back to my childhood where I see I'm, I'm waiting on those elements, you know, to hit. Uh, and a lot of indie films don't follow that at all. Yeah. They have their own sort of style. I, then, it's not that I don't like them, uh, but there are some indie films where uh, I find them, this is a weird word to use, I find them droll. It's just sort of like, you know, <sighs> yeah, not all, but some. And, and, and so I have a hard time separating that, you know, once I'm like, oh, this is one of those films. But Parasite was a relatively low budget film, won Oscars. Yeah, uh, did super well, and it really was just following a couple of people around that were living in a basement, basically. I mean, uh, I know the the film was a lot more than that and the storyline and so on, but it it was uh, it had a lot of the same elements that indie films would have. It was low budget, uh, but it was done so well that I in watching that one I never felt like I was watching you know, a quote indie film. Or an experimental film. Or an experimental or, or whatever. film. Yeah. I felt like I was watching a major <clears throat> film just shot and 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 storyline with a different style. And we'll see later when we're looking at the poll, Facebook poll is that mm -hmm. uh, with some of these that we'll get 100, 150, 170, 180 yeses that with films that are a little outside that the numbers tend to be lower mm -hmm. and the like 
there's 66 yeses right that show up on this one and while on the facebook poll the yeses outnumber the nos the nos are pretty hefty he's in the 40s yeah. i think it's like a one to three and ratio and i haven't seen it very thick yeah yeah so yeah now this particular film uh talk about some facts this is a rated a florida the florida project is rated r it is a in genre is drama indie film directed by sean baker who did starlet tangerine red rocket uh written by uh sean baker chris uh Bergosh. Sure. Uh, who's, a, who's a longtime Sean Baker collabor, collab. Uh, produced by Sean uh, and Chris, but also by Xi Ching Sao, Andrew Duncan, Alex Sachs, Kevin Shinoy, and Francesca Silvestri. Cinematography by Alexis Sabe, which is an up and coming Mexican mm -hmm. cinematographer. Mm -hmm. uh, edited by Sean himself. Production, Cray Films, Freestyle Picture Company, Cinereach, and June Pictures, distributed by A24. Not a huge surprise there. A24 is into everything from weird sci-fi and horror to mm -hmm. indie films like this. And, you know, they, they do that outside-the-box stuff. Released October 6, 2017 in the U.S. with a running time of 111 minutes. Starring, and the, the top name here, William Defoe. Willem. Willem, sorry, Willem Dafoe. But I was I watching. I was watching a show where he was talking about his name is actually William. Uh huh. But he goes by Willem because there was somebody Some else. Yeah, somewhere. somebody else named that, or his dad was William, right. and he wanted to be Willem. So, but Willem Dafoe, Brooklyn Kimberly Prince is the the young lady in the film. Uh, Bria Vinate is the mother, I believe. Uh, Valerie Cotto, Christopher Rivera, Caleb Landry Jones. Uh, and the synopsis, would you give us an IMDb sure. synopsis? This of the is movie? set over one summer. The film follows precocious six year old Mooney as she courts mischief and adventure with her ragtag playmates and bonds with her rebellious but caring mother, all while living in the shadows of Walt Disney World down in Florida. And you know, my family, I, I've, I've said this before on, on our podcast, but we took our children to Walt Disney World a <clears> minimum <throat> of once a year, sometimes twice. Uh, for well over a decade in their formidable preteen and teenage years and uh, it never although I was well aware that people lived in that area it never occurred to me what that lifestyle would be like and I don't mean in the neighborhoods and the homes I mean living in the actual tourist areas yeah. in the shadow of the parks and, and of course it's the shadow of Walt Disney World but that exact area is also the shadow shadow of Universal Studios and SeaWorld. It's the shadow of a giant uh, tourist yep. attraction area. Yeah, and um, I lived down there for a year. Yeah. So, and I, I got to meet some folks, and I met some folks who uh, were very similar to to the, this family. To this family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. the families around them. Yeah, which all seem to be, for the most part, just to comment here. All seemed to be women running a family of children, and while there were men around, they kind of weren't uh, that were in, that were involved in those families. They kind of weren't part of the picture. There were like Willem Dafoe's character, men around who were sort of the caretaker, the the protector, but they weren't in those yeah. families. They were there sort were, of overall uh, for Scooty. His mm -hmm. dad was present. Yeah, but also, but also not. It was again a single par single parent home. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. All right. Some some uh, ratings, reviews, receipts. Uh, IMDb rated this seven point six out of ten. Rotten Tomatoes ninety six percent. Rotten eighty percent audience score. Um, 
I'm not uncommon for uh, indie or artistic films to have a, a higher critical review Correct. than an audience score. Right. Uh, from Rotten Tomato Reviews, Campbell Campbell, uh, hell of a name by the way, One Room with a View, uh, rated as fresh, a work that combines boundless energy and childlike enthusiasm with dark social realism. Sean Baker's wildly inventive style of filmmaking has resulted in the gorgeous masterpiece that is The Florida Project. On the rotten side, Yasser Medina, cinema aficionados. Mm. Baker encloses a relevant social commentary about inequality on the darker sides of A Castle of Innocence, which is undoubtedly its strongest point, but the plot feels a bit silly. And you know, that's one thing is that I've not really heard people talk about in this movie. What's the plot? Mm -hmm. That's not a criticism. Yeah. Uh, it's an indie film, and in a lot of ways experimental. They, they play with time and distance, certainly we'll talk about that later. But they play with plot. Like, what is it? Well, and I, w I would actually push that there is plot, but the question is, what is the central conflict? Right. Because if this is a, uh, told from the point of view of the child, child. what is her conflict? And is seemingly you don't run into it there is conflict around her right with her parents and other stuff she that lives happened, in an idyllic life yeah above everything so it's just a different way it, it, it's a it turns turns the head on traditional storytelling Most certainly does metacritic reviews 92 based on 44 reviews uh users 7.4 rating uh helen o'hara get rated uh, her review is rated as 100 from empire Vibrant and brimming with vitality, this is empathetic towards its subjects, but fiercely critical of the system that victimizes them. The performances of Vinay, Defoe, and Prince will stay with you. So, uh, on the lower end of their scores... And still not that low. And not that low, which is a 75. You got Leah Greenblatt from Entertainment Weekly. This says, the story begins to feel more like a string of strung-together anecdotes, an intriguing project incomplete mm -hmm. from the Medicare from the hoi polloi metacritic hoi polloi uh which rated a 7.4 on 3001 nope 300 sorry. positive sorry 42 I was reading the numbers 42 yeah. middle and 49 negative which actually is is uh, kind of reflects what's going on on, the, on our facebook poll yeah. as well right not the exact numbers but that kind of structure so yeah 300 positive 42 i don't know and 49 negative you got uh tibzoid Rated it as a 10. Uh, if you give this movie your full attention, it will blow your mind. The young performances are so real, they will transport you. I absolutely loved it. Beautifully made and not cheap and manipulative. This pick is real. I would comment on this that the youth performances, and my wife said this to me, the young performances, the children performances are so real because it's like they just told them, pretend that this is happening, and the kids just did and we'll learn later seven? that most of their the children's lines were improvised. Right. Why would they memorize because lines? they just have fun and talk. Yeah, right? have fun. Uh, so on the bottom end of the hoi polloi from Metacritic user oh, reviews, oh, oh. you have Jacques 
<laughs> gives a three. Says, tediously annoying to sit through. This filmmaker seems to think it's his job to white mansplain what poor homeless women girls are like and manages to present them as just a bunch of thoroughly unlikable blankety blanks. And he doesn't seem to know what a plot is, thinking <laughs> that cutting together a bunch of quick snippets of footage is enough. It's a project. All right. Uh, I'm not defending the movie. I'm just pointing out it's right there in the title. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They're in Texas. The guy has a chainsaw. These people are in Florida. It's a project. It's a project. All right. So They're living in a project. Yeah, and they live in the projects, essentially. That's the version. That's the Florida version of a project. All right. On uh, Adventures of Video Land, on our Facebook poll itself, the comments and reviews from Giselle Butler... She says, that movie still stays with me all these years later. The ending made me cry. Crazy it was filmed here in my backyard. Floridian here. Thumbs up. Heart emoji. Vincent Suarez says, maybe if it's the pantheon of movies requiring earplugs. <laughs> Vincent, you're not the only person where children's laughs, giggling, and squealing uh, might actually result in earplug wearing. Yes. Brandon Folk says, You know, certain movies just stick with you whether you like it or not. I can't say I enjoyed watching this movie when I saw it for the first time, and I don't think I want to see it again. However, it's stuck in my mind for a reason. I'm going to go ahead and go against the crowd on this one, as of now at least. Yes for Pantheon. Brandon, newsflash right now, the poll says yes as well. So... Javier Hernandez says, yes, I love the Florida Project. Joshua McLaughlin, 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 says, sorry, that's going to be a no from me. I get what the film was trying to go for, but instead of shining a light on the plight of the poor and impoverished in urban Florida, it was almost glorifying and Hollywoodizing these people in a bad way. The one remarkable aspect that saves this film from being a total dud for me is Willem Dafoe's performance. Sorry, but I could not find much to love about the Florida Project as its own picture, let alone one for Pantheon. Mm. Matt Dake to Joshua, replying to Joshua says, Hard disagree. I grew up in Florida during this time period, and it was like watching my childhood on the screen. Seriously, shook me to my core. George West says the Florida Project is a heart-wrenching piece about the nature of poverty in the United States and how it's perpetuated by the myth of the American dream. And it's and it houses one of the finest performances of Willem Dafoe's storied career. It absolutely should be Pantheon. Now Scott Herliska says, nice movie, but no. Bill Wheat says, knowing most towns have an area like this populated with people like this makes this a bit of a hard watch, but the realism is so well created in the acting especially by the children is incredible kudos to willem defoe for taking what might feel like a low budget home movie and adding some cred to it one of his best performances and bill allen says so again i'm glad i watched it once but it's not something i would do again if you're asking me if it's pantheon i'm regrettably going to say no while the performances are great, they're not enough to pull it from the mire of similar movies I've seen before that have done it better. Polarized poll. Yeah, and you know, the while the comments seem to be absolutely hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, and maybe even debating, the poll results aren't don't show quite that. So, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking perhaps some of our AV folk aren't actually commenting 
on the nomination. And we would love to hear from you. If you haven't actually typed a comment or two, there's two reasons for you to do it. One, because uh, we want to hear what you have to say. I mean, not just we, my friend Dr. Diamond Doug and I, but we in AV want to hear what you have to say, especially for those of you that are new to Adventures of Video Land. And two, you know, those that comment regularly on the poll have the opportunity at the end of the season to nominate a movie themselves mm -hmm. and maybe get it into Pantheon. So, you know, come on, jump in there, add to the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. All right, moving on. Let's talk about how well this movie did. Receipts. Would you kindly start sure, off we'll our receipts? Sure, we'll start with The Florida Project. came out October 1, 2017, 111 minutes by Sean Baker. The production budget was $2 million. Very slim. Domestic gross $5.9 million with a worldwide of $11 million. So it's not a financial loser. No, not at all. Not at all. So the average ticket price in 2017 was $8.97. Oh. The reason that that is important is because for us to be able to compare movies across the years of how they do in the box sure. office, that we have a trademarked, registered, copyrighted, yeah, patented, reserved yeah. formula, an algorithm to help us determine how these movies did and compare them across the years. So what we do is... We take the average ticket price of the year, as described by Mojo mm -hmm. Movie Network, mm -hmm. and we we take the domestic gross of that movie, divide it out by that average ticket price, and it gives us the BSI, the Butts in Seats Index. Now, some would argue that makes it the BISI, yep, but I know. we go with BSI here. I know, I know. So, for this one, it had a BSI of 0. .66. Million six hundred and sixty thousand six hundred fifty-eight thousand mm -hmm. to be Rounded. exact. Yeah. So not a huge movie. No, because uh, it was a smaller project. And again, some movies not as many people see them in the theaters. And then they kind of build yep. an audience later. But 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 that's all right. We're comparing theaters. So what do we have for comparisons? Well, starting off with uh, this is a movie that actually I started to start off. I I watched this movie. On, on streaming, not not uh, in the theaters, but I enjoyed it, and uh, it's Sorry to Bother You. came out July 13th, 2018, also 111 minutes, uh, directed by Boots Riley. Production budget was $3.2 so comparable. Uh, domestic gross, $17.5 worldwide $18.2 More of an American film than, than global. Uh, average ticket price in 2018 was $9.11, so uh, it had a BSI of actually 1.9 million. All right, so uh, about three times higher mm -hmm. than the last mm -hmm. one. Now, Little Miss Sunshine, 2006, by Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris, production budget of 19 million. I, I was guessing between eight and ten. So mm -hmm. it, was a, it was twice that. So mm -hmm. it's uh, maybe a little outside of the realm of yeah, but the full-on indie, indie yeah. film for sure. But domestic gross of 59.9 million worldwide, 101. Point one million. Star power pulls them in. I mean, you've got a lot of yeah, people in did. that film that people know. Average ticket price in 2006, $6.55. So BSI of $9.15 million, which is over and above what as we, we know. Own, as everybody as knows. As everyone knows, the Flight, Fight Club standard well, of, of $7.3 million. Right. So, it, yeah. So, you know, based on the Fight Club standard, those first two <clears throat> movies, Florida Project, sorry to bother you, not they a drop were in lower the bucket. Yeah. yeah. But Little Miss Sunshine, and I would say Star Power is a big piece of it, but it's also a good film. 
uh, once you get past the uh, odd uh, 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 child pan pageant weirdness that yeah. goes on in that movie, uh, did pretty well. So Parasite, I mentioned this earlier. Parasite, <clears throat> Parasite came out November eighth, twenty nineteen, hundred thirty two minutes. Directed by Boon Jun Ho, production budget eleven point four million. So in that kind of pocket, right? Uh, domestic gross, U.S. domestic gross fifty three point four. Globally, 262.7 million. Much of that, I looked at the numbers, much of that after it was nominated and then later yeah. won. But even so, uh, for, for Academy Awards, average ticket price in 2019 was $9.16 for a BSI of 583. Now, again, that's only based on yeah, domestic 5.83 million. Yeah, 5.83 million. Excuse me. Yes, thank you. That's only based on the domestic gross, not the global. Not so, streaming, not anything no, else. Nothing yeah. else. Sorry we missed you to, uh, in 2020. A 101-minute film by Ken... Tough year for a film to come Ken out. Loach, yeah. Production budget of $5 million. Domestic gross, 283000 mm-hmm. Worldwide, $8.9 million. Average ticket price in 2020, $9.41. A BSI of 30000 30000 30000 0.03 <clears throat> million. But not a lot of people... <laughs> March... 6, 2020. You know Re- what happened? Released March 6th. <laughs> Within three weeks from that, yeah. theaters were closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one died. So this is where our BSI kind of has a, a, yeah. a gap, but there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. So then The Big Sick, starring uh, Cal Penn and a bunch of other folks that uh, that I really like, and it actually is a love story about how he met his wife and how they their relationship developed. came out July 14th, 2017, 120 Minutes. Uh, directed by Michael Showalter. Production budget. Now, it was very difficult to find a number here. Yeah. But it was $5 million. Eh-ish. Uh, domestic gross, $42.9 million. Worldwide, 56.4. Now, the average ticket price uh, that year was $8.97 for a BSI of $4.8 million. So it made money, but not that many people saw it. But with a low production budget... You know, you can do well, even with a film like this one. This is definitely an independent film uh, uh, and and did pretty well, especially for the market that it was in at the time. So uh, a lot of these, the, 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 there's not tons of money on the table, but if you get a, if you get a hit, mm-hmm. Parasite, Parasite on the list. Just even the big sick, although they didn't make hundreds of millions of dollars, it did well. Yeah. It yeah. paid the bills, you know? Yeah. Yep. So before we do a deep dive here, sure. let's, uh, you know, every now and then, not every now and then, pretty much every time there's a nomination, the uh, council member uh, sends us uh, a bribe. It's a bribe. Yeah. It's a bribe. I always like to try to couch it in a It's a different gift, term. you know, but, uh, but here's the thing about the bribe. Other than this time you're the guest voter, but other than, you know, most of the time you and I have no say. We talk about it here on our podcast, but we don't get to pick yes or no. Even so... You are you have to be a guest voter this time, but uh, and we call these bribes. But uh, honestly, yeah. So what do we have? I've got bubble wrap here. Which, which, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. That's bubble wrap. Something right. inside. I mean, bubble oh, wrap by oh, itself but would be fun. I thought that was the bribe, but look. Oh, have you ever been? I know you live down there, but if you go into those gift stores oh, yeah. down around uh, down around Disney and, and uh, 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 Universal, and they have, you know, 
cheaper shot glasses. There's good shot glasses. They're fine. They'll, they will do their job as a shot glass with uh, a print on them that have like Disney characters and Florida. That's exactly what we have. Yes. Uh, we've got this two. This is a tall and skinny. Tall and skinny single shot right here. Right there. Beautiful. What we should do, sir, is right we, should, uh, we should put a beverage in here. Well, I've got a 14-year Glenmorangie uh, that we're... Is that what that flask yes. is? You know, that flask was a bribe from, from another one. From the same person. Marshall no way! Wayne, who, I have a, my... Uh, well, nobody's perfect flask from uh, Some Like It Hot. Some Like It Hot. That was a great nomination. Yeah. We should uh, we should we should put a little in here so to here. celebrate. All right. Yeah, here we go. And cheers. And, ah, beautiful. Mm. Mm. You know the thing about expensive whiskey is that it's your whiskey. To do with as you please. You could mix it in water. You could drink it straight on the rocks. You could put it inside of a chocolate milkshake if you wanted. You could. It is your whiskey. That's what I love about whiskey. We're having it from a mm. tall and skinny Florida shot glass. I just shot 14-year-old whiskey, and I don't mm. care. Mm. Mm. Thank you very much. That was wonderful. <clears throat> we appreciate that. And I keep my bribes up on the, my special shelf, where I'm also producing a collection of uh, either VHS and or DVD boxes of all the movies that we've talked about over the years and uh, this will go right up there with my uh, I found a, a DVD of the Florida Project I ordered it when it comes in nice. on the shelf right next to this little shot glass nice thank you very much Marshall I appreciate that all right so deep dive the nomination Marshall Wade's nomination uh, reads at least an excerpt from it reads as follows I've nominated five films so far for Pantheon three have made it in after taking a two-year break, I'm back with what is probably my most personal nomination. At the end of the film, I was blown away and knew instantly I would nominate it once it was eligible. But those years came and went, and now I'm back. So without any hesitation, this year, I'm nominating The Florida Project. The story is a fascinating look at the juxtaposition of people struggling to survive, doing what they can to make ends meet, and raising families outside the happiest place on earth. They mean the gift shop mm -hmm. uh, on the main drag in... Uh, oh, no, he means Disney. Yeah, my bad. It's not a fun story. It's not even really an uplifting story. But what makes this work is that it's told from the child's perspective, both narratively and visually. Sean Baker has said this is his little rascals for the modern era, and he is spot on. Children living in difficult times, but who still find ways to stimulate their imagination, get into trouble, and have fun. The cinematography by Alexis Sabe is beautiful and should have been nominated for an Oscar. The framing of the children who we, when we follow them on adventures makes us feel like part of the gang, while at the same time the documentary feel allows us to be observers as they navigate their world. I won't speak on the ending because everyone interprets it their own way, but it is heart-wrenching and beautiful at the same time. As I said after watching The Florida Project, it became one of my favorite movies of the year, and I knew I needed to nominate it for Pantheon. It's now one of my favorite movies of all time. The time has finally come to share it with you, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Love, Marshall. I mm -hmm. added that part. But I felt it belonged there. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, let's talk a little bit here about uh, the movie and some of its uniqueness and challenges. What do you see there, Dr. Diamond Doug? All right, so... We can list some obvious uniquenesses of this film. We've got an indie film mm -hmm. 
that we're looking at. Not only that, but it's a it's an indie film that very specifically is looking at it through the lens of a child's perspective. Mm -hmm. And that is a unique perspective in movies and cinema. Like, yes, uh, The Little Rascals was mentioned. That's that's sure. a place that we've seen it in a couple other places. Um, but even like when we talked about Hook, Hook was not from the kids' perspectives. It was a grown-up perspective looking down on the kids. And the kids were pretending to be kids in much in, in in a much more affected way than these kids who were just being, being kids, kids on screen. The director wanted them to be children. <clears throat> that this movie is unique, uh, and it's also a challenge that the story is not conventional. It is a slice of life type story. Mm -hmm. So it is just seeing what happens over the course of a summer in the life of this family, with without traditional story arc that you would expect of laying out exposition conflict mm -hmm. plot resolution mm -hmm. and the resolution of a story you know doesn't have to be a good thing and this does have a closing but that those that kind of conflict to plot leading to how the resolution fits with how the conflict was set up it's 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 muddled well, in the, the 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 resolution, the young lady who leads you through the res the the end, the ending of the movie, I should say, uh, I did resolution is the wrong word. The ending, the young lady who we follow to the ending of the movie was a side character essentially, not even part of the gang in the beginning. Sort of brought in later. Yeah. Mooney, who's the main character, is a, like center screen. The whole film isn't in the ending at all. And none of these kids seem to understand that what they're living in is poverty. Yeah, they yeah. are. They're all just you know they're all perfectly happy where they are. And it it, it also is a movie as far as a uniqueness um, and challenge is that it has a strong point of view on showing us the juxtaposition between poverty and wealth that you've mm -hmm. got. The, these two worlds that are living yeah. cohabitating yeah. without overlapping circles here and, and they don't want to overlap they don't want to overlap right like the, the the wealthy side doesn't want to know that the poor side is there right and the and poor side doesn't want the wealthy side coming into their space when you think of the three circles in a lot of different you know Venn yeah. diagrams right you've got the service workers you've got the the poor people and the wealthy people and this is that intersection of the three where yeah. the service workers, the poor people, and the wealthy people are all in the same space. Yeah. Right? And uh, uh, in a lot of ways oblivious of each other or dependent upon each other. Yeah. 100%. Right? Yep. And so that that element in this movie is something that, you know, it's, it's not, it's in your face, but it's not talked about. Mm. You have to either be looking for it or be thinking about that aspect of it. Right? Otherwise, it's just sort of like, it can feel like, and this is what my wife said, it just feels like people moving in, on and off screen in front of you, and you're just sort of seeing what's going on, but, you, but you know, you're just sort of, almost like you're watching security footage, yeah. as opposed to a film. Yep. So, yeah. So, those are, those are some of my thoughts on Yeah, um, sure. And, and actually, that covers some of the uniqueness, some of the, some of the challenges, and some of the insights uh, for this film. I think one other insight that I had, and I mentioned, I touched on it earlier, is just that all of this could be going on literally every single time I went down there, but I was oblivious to it 
because either we weren't staying in that kind of area or even if we were that was just where we slept we spent all of our focus and time and money frankly over at the parks or at the attractions or you know on the beach which is you know an hour the other way um so yeah i mean you, well, it's like my, flyover country. so my, my sister has talked about it she's gone on vacation to jamaica or the mm. bahamas the uh, mm. and like she's like you live in this world of willful suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. that this is a paradise because you know a block over yeah from yeah, there's where some, you're some staying kid who hasn't eaten since yesterday yeah right yeah that's right so and like and the 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 service workers there will tell you as such is like enjoy your stay here but stay here yes but Don't stay here venture right yeah 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 well let's break it down a little bit uh, uh standout moments how about or, or or breakdown how about acting and casting how do you feel so i think over overall very positive mm-hmm. willem dafoe was nominated for best supporting actor in this and there's like there's like for me that's that's a that's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Like he did a great job. Mm-hmm. I thought like he was fantastic, and he was. You can tell this is an actor who acts for the love of acting, mm-hmm. and that he's going to give everything he has to a little project or to a big project. He's all in. Yeah, and I kept watching him in my mind in Platoon, acting just as as strongly and deliberately as he was in this film, and. Uh, it it didn't pull me out. Like it wasn't like I was watching this and Dwayne the Rock Johnson was the manager, right? And I would be like, showed up, raised one eyebrow, and yeah, like, like yeah, I'm like get out of here. No, no, right? he was no. the manager. Yeah, Willem Dafoe was as believable as everybody else. I thought the kids were fantastic because the kids were just kids. Being kids, the director and had a f- fabulous. It's it's not to say that there wasn't acting because the the the. The tears on command that happened in the at the end, the, 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 they're heart wrenching and just like heartbreaking. Mm. Um, I that, honestly thought that that was going to go towards this fake, you know, <laughs> like no. it never did. No, I was I was amazed. They, and, they even said that after that scene. Yeah, everybody broke like all. The, they weren't sure that she was going to do it. She did it in one take, and then everybody just hugged each other hugged because because it, it was so it was just strong. emotional. And when you're watching that. That this this person that you've kind of built up to a pedestal of saying like she's a fully she like she can she's independent mm-hmm. she's on her own she can she, you know mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's like no she's six years yeah. old and like like it just kind of stripped away mm-hmm. so I'm hot and cold on the mom yeah I liked her a lot in a lot of the scenes but there were times when she was in like. She was interacting kind of fine with the the cops and DCFS folks and stuff, but her and her best friend, mm-hmm. when they were doing like acting, talking to each other, mm-hmm. it it just didn't ring for me. And so, the stuff where she was behind William Defoe while he was talking to the John who she had stolen the magic bands from, yeah, and she's behind him, you know, m- mugging and giving him the finger. I was like, well, okay, that's what you would expect the character to do. Eh. But you know the actress who I thought really nailed it, the grandma, that the grandmother of the young lady who actually was in the resolution yes. scene. She, you know, she, she was, was on the mark. Yeah, 
Like you didn't. She was she was so in that you didn't notice her. There was there was a scene where all they were doing was showing her piddling around the kitchen for like thirty seconds, and you could hear something happening maybe outside yeah. or in the other room. They, she didn't say anything, or she did something. She was piddling around the kitchen, but it was just sort of like that was yeah, the crying scene. That's exactly what I would have expected her to be doing yeah. at that moment. So, uh, so I wouldn't say like a fully mixed bag, but there was like uh, there was a couple of moments that weren't. Yeah. Yeah. All in. There were a couple of odd nuts in there, yeah. Directing and editing? Yeah, you know, so here's the thing. The director made a conscious decision to make a film just like this. He didn't, my my gut feeling, the same same person directed and edited, obviously, uh, but um, he made a conscious decision to shoot this film as it was shot, and when he edited it, it felt to me like he didn't, he didn't start editing it and go, oh, I could make it swing this way. He edited the film that he shot. That's the feeling I got. I don't always get that in a film. Sometimes I get in a film that it was shot and the director had this concept, but by the time it was edited, it was slightly. It was like different. Star Wars where they fixed it in editing. Because yeah, like, we'll fix th- it like there post. was a lot of good stuff filmed, but like the like it just didn't. It didn't flow. It didn't flow. So but, they had to like rearrange stuff. Yeah, it felt like they he edited exactly the film that he thought, and maybe that's maybe that can be attributed to the fact that he directed it, he shot it, he, he edited, edited it. it. Yeah, but, but on the other hand, uh, it didn't feel like. And, I don't know because I wasn't there, but it didn't feel like he had to change it when he edited it. He just trimmed it down, tightened it up, and let it go. So this will ble- so and 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 I I was fine with the editing. I liked the the this kind of blends together with some of the other things. I the intentional still shots of these iconic buildings, yeah. which I went and looked on Google Maps. All are within a, three yeah. miles. Of this place yeah. that like this this was a real place when this was a real location minus the the final ending scene yeah. but everything yes. happened within a five mile spot yeah. and the kids would walk from end to end yeah from end to end that yeah. big long strip there at the main drag yeah. that on one end is a drugstore and a, 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 a Publix and at the other end it just peters off into swamp and nothing so the as far as um, kind of a negative on directing, and this blends into the next thing, which is screenplay and story, mm-hmm. is that he also chose to tell this story as it was. And for me, I just... There was there were a couple of moments, and he chose to do the ending the way he did. Some people love the ending. I, I told you this. I, I finished... The movie happens, and then there's this very very quick like minute scene that goes to the very end and then it's just black yeah, a five-year-old girl runs from the strip for how many miles 13.5 13 miles. miles along an yeah. area where she couldn't even run or yeah. go and then is all of a sudden and then the movie just down main street ends and i said out loud what the did i just, just watch watched. right um there was a lot of things that just I, I was I was bowled over by the movie. You know, there was the, the 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 tears were real. The 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 visuals, the the tension between the the rich and the poor, like all things that I appreciated. The visuals were just very incredible, uh, but the choice of the ending I thought was odd. The the fact that there wasn't this setup for the child to be even kind of aware of the conflict that she was involved in. So the plot never, what she wasn't on a quest. She no. was just, it was, 
she was just going about her day, and then she's just in the boat with mom, spiraling the drain. Basically, the entire film yeah. as mom goes faster and faster and faster down the drain. As somebody who went down, not all the way down, but was in my prior years spiraling down the financial drain at certain points in my life with not being able to always afford things that I needed, but somehow made it work. Uh, yeah. Watching watching the mom and her spiraling the drain and the fact that she was blissfully unaware of how close they were to the end of that right up till the time when she was taken away by dcfs right i was i've watched that and i thought okay here's the whole storyline we're going to progress the storyline and then the movie was over yeah so so yeah and and for me like i wrestle with that yeah like the the resolution didn't pay off as much because there was the conflict wasn't set earlier on for us to deal with or even from her perspective even if it was naive to kind of foreshadow in a way that was that was sensible and that she was clinging on to this childhood even if she didn't know it and then she didn't want to be removed from it but then she was and there was foreshadowing about her running away like there was these elements that were just little things here and there that mm-hmm. that were kind of a through line that mm-hmm. felt flat right to me and to me yeah no, to other people I that they it. watched it and they're like yeah. this was this was everything right yeah so uh how cinematography we, we we kind of blended into screenplay and story but let's talk about cinematography and locations for locations me, fantastic and they, i thought the cinematography was tops like even down to like pretty. choosing to show that tree and you're like oh that's the tree of life from animal kingdom right yeah, there pretty much looked like you know it. That the and these were like you, just like the characters felt real, the locations felt real because they were real. They and were real. Like they didn't like get this from somewhere in downtown Pittsburgh, and this thing's from California yeah, Disneyland. There was no this, shots where they had mountains in the background right, because they had right? yeah stock footage that was from California. I was trying to remember. Yeah, I was trying to what film it was. It was a film that was supposed to be set in like Cincinnati. And there's a scene where they're driving down a street and there's palm trees on both sides. I can't remember what movie that was, but I was, it was so jarring to me. I was like, there are not palm trees in Cincinnati. I was watching, I was watching uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. And uh, that they went to this National Historical Museum that was set in Muncie, Indiana, in this elaborate four-story marble building. And I'm like, that's not in Muncie. No. Because I've been to Muncie. But not only that... But the palm trees and the mountains. They <laughs> kind of an issue. <laughs> we might be in Las Vegas or LA. I'm not sure. Um, the uh, Because it doesn't really have a spot on here, that sound editing yeah. that um, I found jarring in the film. I would have put that underneath special effects and notables. Yeah. Just because I thought, yeah... Uh, you know, they, they did not hesitate to, to drop that mic right down in the middle of the gaggle of kids just squealing and acting like idiots. Yeah, and the first the first third, the first act, mm-hmm. uh, if we want to use our first third of the movie, that it, it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, but score, fun score, and uh, I was watching, I was watching uh, the ending song, a video, a YouTube video of it. It was just the, an hour before we came here, and I was playing it. And my son was listening to it, and it's this orchestral piece of where she's running off to Disneyland mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. or Disney World, and it, it's the it's got this Disney feel to it. And then 
the motif in there is the pom 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 which and my son was like celebrate good times come on and i was like hold on a second that was the song that the movie started with uh-huh cool in the gang and now we've got this disnified orchestral version, version of Celebrate. And I look at the title, and the song is called Celebrate. And I'm like, oh, are um, you kidding there me? You go. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> they, 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 they sent us home with Cool yeah, in the Gang. Yeah. So, uh, but fun score. Sure. Sits in Laban, you know. Uh, um, special effects and notables. You know, I, for me, the notables are just the, the director's uh, approach to using the kids in the movie specifically. Mm-hmm. That's the story he was telling, and so by saying, I don't need a bunch of kids who can act, I just need a bunch of kids who are willing to be kids yeah, and be goofy. Um, you know, we'll tell them what to talk about in general and then let them go. Um, so, at least that's how it felt like he did. Uh, I, I think that's one of the notables, but I also think that bleeds over into the X factor in that um, he he used this, uh, this method. I just wonder how many hours of kids babbling and acting like yeah. little kids there are that didn't make it in the film in the end because you know it was just extra yeah and I'll, I'll agree with you i mean not no special effects on here there was like a burning of a building that they that burning they used and that was good the, that they... the, the old lady the old naked topless lady in the swimming yeah. pool some very careful shots of but but definitely the most notable thing is that child perspective yeah and um this has spent a bunch of time filming with the camera down around his own yeah, knees you know yeah and then pulling it into the X Factor, and this is where the movie gets a little complicated for me, is that um, it's a movie that stuck with me. Mm. That, like, it, it, I, I couldn't quite shake it, right? Like, there was elements of the movie that I didn't necessarily appreciate, but mm. then, but this is a movie that I couldn't stop thinking about after watching it. Right. Since I didn't have that impression. Mine was, uh, I watched it. I was in the middle of watching it. I'm going, wow, God, this movie's just going on. In the middle mm-hmm. of watching it. And then towards the end when, you know, it was like, oh, this is where the story's going. I think it was the third or fourth time where Moody was playing in the bathtub. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, done really well to have a child in the bathtub with no yeah. oddness or weirdness about it because of the angles but anyway and it dawned on me oh those are is, all set up when she's that's, that's set because that's where that's because mom's, mom's having sex having john's yeah, yeah in the room and Moody's supposed to stay in there anyway um uh i started kind of getting a little more of a feel for the for the film also the scene that i didn't realize was shot underneath a very low staircase uh, at the bottom of the staircase where the little kids were sitting down there playing. Even they couldn't stand up straight. That's how low it was. And Willem Dafoe gets yeah. down and looks underneath there and you realize the camera's essentially on the ground yeah. filming the scene and it was just such a cool perspective. Again, the kid's perspective. Uh, but but after the movie was over, uh, I was like, okay, I watched it. Not quite the I'm never going to watch it again reaction yeah. that a couple of our AV. Like, oh, yeah. But You're I, like, oh, I just watched Spencer Confidential. I just yeah. watched it, yeah. Oh, they made a third Fletch. Yeah. All right, yeah, I saw that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but anyway. the the It was the plight of humanity thing yeah. that just, like, was sticking with me. Yeah. And, and part of it, I mean, I had to vote on, I have to vote on this. Well, so, yeah, you have yeah. to vote. Um, this movie was nominated 
uh, for 134 different awards, won 66 of mm-hmm. them, including a nomination for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Well, that was a nomination, won, not a win. It won by Sam Rockwell for three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Which I'm surprised hasn't been nominated yet. Yeah. Perhaps it will be. Um, that I'll mention that there was a one of the more punchy scenes in there was with Charlie Coachman, the supposed pedophile, pedophile that Willem Dafoe walks out and I didn't realize until after doing a, some reading Coachman is the third antagonist in the Pinocchio story mm-hmm. who ro- takes robs the little boys and takes them to the Pleasure Island right and we're like oh, okay so Good. Charlie Coachman was a nod to Pinocchio and he had a lot of nods to other <sighs> films yeah. uh, you mentioned uh, Little Rascals and others he, you could tell where some of his influences were and the things he was thinking about in like telling this story by using shadows and reflections yeah. of other stories about children either living in poverty but having a great time anyway yeah. or being kidnapped or you know whatever. But yeah, so uh, some trivia about this trivia. Film. Producers had originally wanted a major star to play Haley, uh, Hallie? It's Haley, right? And considered Britney Spears or Miley Cyrus, but writer-director Sean Baker felt it would be inauthentic to have a millionaire playing the part of this, you know, low-income, struggling mom. Christopher Rivera, Scooty, was an eight-year-old living with his mother at the Paradise Inn Motel in Kissimmee, Florida. When crew members spotted him, he was able to earn enough money on the film for his family to move out of the motel and into an apartment. Which is interesting. And also he had a, a scholarship set up for him to go to school. Sweet. Yeah. So the frequent flying of the helicopters overhead was actually written into the script because they didn't have enough budget to stop the helicopters from flying through their production. So Fun. they just wrote it in. And I thought that was well done. I thought so you know? too. And they, and the, the the flipping them off uh, yeah. wasn't actually scripted. Uh, the, they were just doing the it. The actress was flipping off the helicopter because they were messing up the shot. A little girl, Smoony, starts doing it as well. And so they're just like, yep, nope, keeping that. That was pretty cool. In a 2017 BBC Radio interview, their director clarified that the film's garish motel settings are genuine motels. And they are. It's the... Magic Castle and mm-hmm. Inn, which is now closed, but it's down. It's it's a real right location. On the strip. They continued operating as working business during filming, and some real life residents and staff are seen in the film. So this was an early development name. The Florida Project, the name of this film, was an early development name for Disney World mm-hmm. prior to its opening. Sean Baker discovered Bria for the lead role on Instagram. <laughs> The rainbow that appears at one point over the Magic Castle was originally going to be CGI. Then, as an actual rainbow showed up... Now, for those people who've never been to Florida or, or Orlando area, it rains every in, day. In the summer, it rains every day at every 2 day. o'clock. About 2 o'clock, it's going to rain. If you're going to go to Disney World in the summer, I'll be there in June, for example. Around 2 o'clock, it rains. Never for very long. There's always a rainbow at one point yeah. or another. But anyway... An actual rainbow showed up over the over the castle, and the film crew spontaneously decided shoot the real rainbow, partly due to budget considerations. We were like, if we shot that, we would save the production like fifty grand. So Baker did. So they did. <laughs> In one scene where Mooney and Jancy enjoy slices of bread and jelly, their dialogue is directly taken from a Little Rascals episode, the first roundup, nineteen thirty four. I used to love Little Spanky Rascals. saying. I watched. This is the best jelly I've ever had. Yeah, there it is. While the majority of the film was shot on 35mm, director Sean Baker admitted to returning to his, quote, guerrilla filmmaking techniques to capture that final scene 
which was instead shot on an iPhone and contains footage from inside Walt Disney World, filmed without the park's knowledge or consent. Mm-hmm. You could tell that it was filmed on different type, different media, yeah. and that in a way led to this concept like this could be someone's dream. Uh, I, I think it was uh, Incredibrad. Uh, who's, who mentioned, you know, I, I or, or maybe it was you, I can't recall, that they thought maybe the camera was going to pan back and that all this would yeah. be like inside the eye of a kid dreaming that particular end shot. It looked and felt different, and that explains yeah. why, right? Uh, for Brooklyn Prince, Mooney, her crying scene, she thought she wasn't going to be able to get that shot, but surprised herself, cried on cue, and as we said... The, she did it in one take, and the crew members cried on each other's shoulder immediately after. I watched it a second time today, hmm. and I teared up at that very spot that as point. well, because uh, she did a good job. So, uh, current votes. <laughs> current votes uh, of the council. Marshall's, Marshall. of course, a yes, because uh-huh. he nominated And Matthew, film. Wade. Because he's a brother, and he needs but to they do that, because Marshall agree. has, like... Some dirt on Matthew, I'm pretty sure. I, 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 yeah, they don't always agree, but I think this time, because it's Marshall's no. nomination, he, he told Matthew, you remember the time when we were yeah. eight? I'm going to tell Mom. I'm going to tell her what happened. I know. There's um, two Mar- yeses Matthew there. Matthew wrote up a nice write-up on mm-hmm. it. He voted yes. Kyle said uh, no. no. And then for the rest that we don't have... Any of the rest uh, I was hoping you would reveal for. your vote. I will. Right now. The Facebook current poll is 61 no, 61 yes, mm-hmm. 22 no, mm-hmm. haven't seen it, 50 need to rewatch, 44. And that 50 and 44. Actually, uh, I don't think there's a need to rewatch that was on the list. It was just the first three that need to rewatch this from last time. Ah, uh, last time. There, there was only three because nobody watched it and had to rewatch it. <laughs> e- even so, uh, haven't seen it, 50, yes, 61, no, 22. That tells you. That this is one of those where it's not going to be, you know, 250 yeses and 35 noes. This is going to be a, a, a bit more on the, the thicker side towards the, we don't know. But but however many yeses and noes, that's all that counts at this point. So that's three yeses and it needs seven. Mm-hmm. So between uh, April, Jeremy, Adam, Ryan, Brad, Nathan, and yourself, you need four more yeses. So if you were voting... If I was voting. What would your vote be? So, for me, this was close. Uh, when I was in the middle of the film, before that one moment where something happened and I went, okay, I get what he's trying to do. This is not just like... Trying to wrap my mind around what was happening. Before that moment, I was like, no. No, 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 no. In that moment, I got to the point where I was thinking about, okay, maybe. But in thinking about it carefully, an hour before this podcast, I was sitting down at home, finally a break. I had a very busy day today. And I went through it category by category. It comes out to a no for me, but it's a good film. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I would not say it's a bad film in any way, but it doesn't quite make it for me. And I think a piece of that is just that indie films aren't just, they're not just, they're just not my thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for me to see past some of those, some of those elements, you know. Um, and you heard me we talked about the categories and some of those categories uh, cinematography locations it's like yes acting the kids a couple of oddness in there some of the adults but the kids and Willem Dafoe and, and like I said the, the grandma yes 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 right but overall it's a no from me but I don't get a vote other than the nope. Facebook poll I do get a vote you do and you could be one of the four yeses that they need I could be I could be uh, so for me that this is 
this was a very challenging nomination. Um, and we've talked about all the different reasons that, um, but the most challenging is that this is a movie that is stuck with me in terms of that I was, I, that I, I, I kept wanting to think about it. However, mm-hmm. that I watched it again. You watched it again today. And my vote is no. Yeah. It hurts to say that to Marshall. Yeah. But, but it hurts uh, in general, right? Um, but there's, there's just not enough in me to push it over to the full yes. Right. That this is a very good movie. And this is a movie that I would be like, you should watch this movie. But in terms of movies that I, I want Pantheon? to say, it is Pantheon. It is the utter best when it comes to right. what what these movies should look like and, and be like. Mm-hmm. That... Um, it's not an, it's not unequivocally yes for me, uh, and there are yeses that are in there, but there's not enough to push it over the edge. Right. So it ends up being a no for a me. no for you. So I mean, officially, that's two two nos. Yep. Two three yeses. yeses. Two no. Yeah, three yeses, two nos. That so that doesn't change you know the outcome directly. Right? Yeah. We got a lot of people to vote yet, uh, and of the, the the three people that I spoke to, you being one of them. Who have actual votes in this out of eleven? Um, three of you, including you, until just now, were on the fence. Yep. So, so I think this might, might come down to the line. Yeah. This might be either just enough, one more than it needed, or one less than it yeah. needed. It might be right yeah. there. All right. Well, uh, how about some final thoughts? So my final thought, and I'll say this to Marshall: Thank you for nominating this, and I'm glad that I was the guest nom- the guest voter for this, so that I could really ponder it and uh, work my way through it is a movie that I hadn't seen before. It's a movie I wouldn't have seen. Uh, and I probably wouldn't go out of my way to see it, mm-hmm. but I am very glad that I did see it. Agreed. And, um, yeah, and I very much appreciate the nomination and for having me think about things or see things that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. Uh, so I appreciate that. Despite the knowing that you got from me, right? I appreciate it. And, and I'll tell you for myself, uh one of the biggest takeaways that I have from watching this movie is the, that connection back to my family's time at the at the in that in that part of the world, and how much I really appreciated being able to see a different uh, different aspect of that world. One I knew was there, but I just hadn't really thought about because you know you think about all the good stuff that you do with your with your family and those kind of vacations. Um, and 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 I'm going to be looking at that area a little differently when I go back down next month um, when we get down there. So. Uh, that 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 in and of itself was was useful and mm. beneficial, and I'm going to appreciate it. And none of my family, besides my wife, has seen this film, so I was kind of thinking that on our trip, I might ask some of them to watch it, uh, <laughs> just because. Hey, and also Miami connection and Miami connection because that happens in Orlando also in as Orlando. well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, as always, I hope that everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation. Uh, Dr. Diamond Doug, where can Videoland find oh, you? You're going to find me on Facebook. I'm on there too much. But... Uh, you're going to find me on Facebook as well. Uh, you can find Adventures in Videoland on Instagram, adventuresinvideoland.com. But the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, Videolanders, uh, uh, 
You, you know why this is my favorite tree? Why? Because it's tipped over and it's still growing. That's pretty good. That's pretty, That's good. pretty good. But how about this? We, we love, love you. you.